Hello and welcome to the Beer Business Finance Podcast, where we combine beer with finance to help you create delicious profits in your beer business. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway. I'm a certified public accountant, a former CFO for a beer distributor, and I love numbers. This podcast will provide you with useful financial guidance that you can implement right away in your beer business to make more money. In addition to this podcast, please visit beerbusinessfinance.com. Here you'll find free tools and resources, information on upcoming courses, and you can sign up to receive the weekly Beer Business Finance newsletter for free. Each week, we cover a specific financial topic to help you improve the financial results in your beer business. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, we hear from Bud Dunn from VXP. Bud and I talk about how beer distributors can navigate the beer market during a brand slump. We're currently dealing with the issues surrounding Bud Light, and we've had issues with brands in the past, and we'll have issues with brand slumps in the future. So our discussion today revolves around tactics, strategies, and best practices that you can put into place when a brand slump occurs, whether it's today or into the future. So for now, please enjoy this discussion with Bud Dunn from VXP. Just a quick note from today's sponsor, Everlance, and then we'll be right back to the podcast. Everlance is a software company that partners with beer distributors to cut the waste in your vehicle programs for merchandisers, sales reps, and team leads. Whether that is paying for mileage on a cents per mile basis, a favor program, an allowance, or reimbursing for gas. In a recent podcast with their CEO, we discussed opportunities to reduce costs and the success story of Del Papa Distributing, who saved money and ended up paying employees over $2,400 more per year on average. Look for that podcast on how to eliminate tax waste from your vehicle reimbursement program. It was published on February 14th. And you can learn more at go.everlance.com forward slash beer distributors. So for folks who have not uh, heard our previous podcasts, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and tell us about VXP. Yeah, so my name is Bud Dunn. I'm a strategic advisor with VXP and a beer distributor just like y'all by trade. Uh, so I run my family's beer distribution company, Atlas Sales in Battle Creek, Michigan. And Carrie and I have gotten to know each other well because we're cut from a very similar cloth out of the anheuser Bush world. Now we come from problems and opportunities in the beer industry through a finance lens. And we've done a lot of work together on spreading something that I'm passionate about, which is VXP volumes times profit. It's an application that brings value to us as a wholesaler and how to use sales data and influence behaviors with sales reps for better results. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. And what we're going to talk about today, you know, is how to use VXP as a tool, but also sort of some some tips and tactics that people can think about, you know, when you're experiencing um, a brand slump, you know, and specifically, what would you right, be talking about? What kind yeah, of brand slump would you be speaking about? <laughs> it, it could be, it could be anything, but uh, yep, we all know right now as we're recording this in May of 2023, it is the Bud Light debacle. Um, however, so we're going to, we mentioned that just because it's timely and relevant right now. And I think some of the uh, ideas that we're going to discuss today may be useful, and certainly VXP may be useful uh, for folks listening that are that are dealing with this. But you know, brand slumps occur all the time. They've occurred in the yeah. past. They're going to occur again in the future. Uh, they're going to be on a large scale, a smart, a small scale. So, 
this is sort of intended to be kind of timeless information. So it happens to be Bud Light today, but tomorrow it could be fill in the blank. So why don't we start, but if you would just briefly describe some factors that cause a brand slump or could cause one in the beer distribution industry. Yeah, that's good. And what you led with was that some good guardrails. Like we're talking about how do we solve this problem ongoing, not necessarily, and how do we move forward from it? I put this to one person, like we're a franchise owner of a brand and we only have shared equity in these brands that we partner with. We don't own all of it. We definitely don't own the marketing, you know, choices and tr- procedures and processes or the recipes or how the product's made. So we're, we're left with a partnership where our brewers market and brew the beer, and then we buy and put it on the shelf and hope the people and hope the people buy it from us and buy it from our retailers. So when things like this happen, they inevitably will happen again. Some of them are going to happen like this uh, kind of chaos and, and very quickly um, just kind of a mess. And then other ones may happen in slow, you know, you think of like a Pabst or a Schlitz is a disruption. that's kind of slow and over time. Uh, but you gave an example, Carrie, about, you know, some recalls, stuff like that, that can happen really quickly that kind of mimics similar behaviors to what the Bud Light controversy has left the market and left us wholesalers with as well. So we do want this to be timeless. We do want this to be manageable. So, you know, factors to a brand slump to me is, you know, the most recent example is obviously Bud Light is marketing that wasn't connected with the wholesaler or wasn't connected with the consumer and had a visceral reaction to what that represents. Now we're almost 60 days removed from this. Uh, So we obviously saw the backlash through social media. And as we've moved past this, from an industry perspective, we're starting to see, you know, some of the pressure being alleviated in, in a lot of markets across the country and in our market specifically too. So some initial things we can go through is like, you got to talk to your people right away. So how do you talk to your people about it? Get them clued into the actual facts of the situation. You know, what's going on, how to proceed forward. That's what we started with right away. Um, Some of it is like block and tackling human stuff. And some of it is, you know, what are you going to do to start to leverage the tools at your fingertips right away to still maintain the business you have, maintain the placements and the products you have and keep the brands moving forward as much as you can. Because you can't push a rope. We're in a velocity pull industry where we need consumers to go to the stores, pick it up, put it in their grocery basket and walk out uh, the front door and pay for it. So that was kind of the stuff we tried to work on right away. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. So if you're looking at, we'll get a little granular here. We'll talk about, you know, display space and reallocating that during a brand slump. What are you, what are you looking at there and what factors should we consider when, when reallocating that? Yes. So what we did, we took the approach uh, right away was, you know, fact-based conversations around like, yes, we can see some velocity weakness at our stores. And we had good productive conversations with our chain store managers uh, in our bigger stores where we have display space allocated to us. And it's fact-based conversations to start with, like, what's the rate of sale compared to some others? I know that you want to allocate your space properly, you know, the brand whichever one it may be, is still a very important part of your profit and your volume as a store. And we don't want to just see it stripped away 
just over a one-time thing. We want to see this happen and watch how this behaves. So a couple of options, if you still are forced into reallocating the space around, pick out adjacent brands, pick out brands that could be higher incremental profit as well. Uh, brands that could be lower registering to generate higher velocity sales in today's world, because we've got you know the inflation, the way it's been and the way prices have been, how you can maneuver that around too. And that was kind of the stuff we did immediately. So real world examples, maybe downplaying the Bud Light universe of allocatable floor space, moving into the ultra world more. Ultra was less impacted in a lot of markets uh, than others, still impacted some, but less associated with it. Um, even in our market, we've seen some fascinating behavior around Bud Light or sorry, Budweiser and how Budweiser hasn't been as impacted the same way. So you can kind of bring and spread the, the love around a little bit more to some different brands. Uh, the alternative that you have too is to go outside of a core suppliers or whoever you have. I mean, we're distributors. We maybe need to think about the business and exclusively away from just our largest suppliers and think about some other options on there too. Uh, not that wasn't really an option for us. We really had to defend and be aggressive about managing our our display space with Anheuser Busch because we have a um, highly tied re- relationship with them because they're a lot of our revenue and profit stream. Um, and then the other thing that you can do too is more recently, we've been able to leverage uh, the tools that the supplier gave us at Anheuser Busch is everybody's seen these gigantic mail-in rebates. So we've been able to leverage those really quickly around regaining and establishing dominance around display space as well as we move into you know Memorial Day weekend and the holiday. Like the $15 MIR is maybe not going to change all the hearts and minds, but it's going to change some of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit more about strategies for effective marketing resource allocation. So it's always a question like, where do I put my marketing dollars? But, yeah. You know, during a during a slump, um, how do you how do you think about that? Go back to the roots of the brand and what the brand is and what you can do locally. You know, we all know we were taught through marketing school or classes, even in high school, like five to seven people that have a positive interaction with you or your business. They they every one person that has one shares it with five to seven people. So how can you multiply that one interaction out? So local stuff, you know, going out into the trade, buying beers for your customers that are take that are supporting you still, and and creating that one-on-one reaction is kind of not necessarily a big scaled opportunity, but it's something that's incredibly fruitful personally, but also fruitful over the long run to rebuild the foundation of the brand. Uh, next is to lean into those partners that you have in the community. So are you partnered with? special events or a series of special events? Are you partnered with a baseball field or an event venue in some way, shape or form like that? How can you lean into those long-term partnerships and really kind of share your messages, who you are as a wholesaler and that your brand's connection to the brands matter and connection to the community matter? Um, And then the final thing too is like, do you have any other unique resources like um, I've seen some wholesalers that have unique connections to bands where, you know, you can use your local band resources to go out and play in bars and restaurants that they already are and really help spread your message as a third party of what the brand is that may be experiencing the slump as well. 
So let's shift and look at future trends. So what do you what do you see coming down the pike? What do you anticipate in the beer distribution industry and how does VXP position itself to address these? Yeah, so we're doing we're really on the front end research of this, um seeing how VXP has kind of been used in a unique sense to get sales reps to change behaviors. You know, what we, and around this specific event, what we noticed at Atlas was some more fact-based stuff and we should revisit this later in the year or, or in a little bit when I have this done. But like Atlas, we always look at wholesaler sales trends going back um, versus our peers in Michigan. And this is something that Anheuser-Busch puts together for us, but we're able to kind of see other wholesaler sales trends. And what was really interesting to me was that we were, we had a good year last year. So organically, if you have a good year, you're going to have tough comps to go up against. So we were on the more of the bottom third of the list for January, February, March, and then April happened and April 2nd or third was when um, the crisis started. And by the end of April, when we saw this, when we saw this same resort report, this wholesaler trends report, we went from the, better part of the bottom of the list to the top third of the list. And I was, I'd been pondering like, what's different? What are we doing? And I think for me, the way we've leveraged VXP and the way we think about our business through volume and profit is sales reps are fierce defenders of their, of their products in their space. They have really solid products and placements across the network to have good velocity and pull because they've slowly tweaked their doors and managed where those products are in that door. Same thing with display space. They've carefully crafted their display space to optimize the most volume and the most profit out of the store. And when you do all of that, you kind of anchored the foundation of the sales better in the store. And they also are held accountable uniquely with the VXP method to achieving a goal, you know, we populate and publish a goal at the beginning of every, every month and you're paid off of actual performance versus goal. And they know that we don't change that goal. So we have to maintain and be creative about how we still achieve the goal at the end of the year. So pulling different levers with different, different brands, pulling different levers with different packages, fiercely defending your display space and your tabs and still doing it in a really good human way to kind of listen and hear from, uh, you know, consumers and also from retailers to help them through this too, all while still making sure that like, we got to keep the wheels on the bus and we got to keep going. Um, so our trends have turned, you know, ultra is considerably higher, about 25% higher than, and no, that's too much. It's actually better, better expressed as about 23% higher than now in May month to day than what it was year to date, end of March. So we've seen a big turn on ultra Budweiser has made a big shift upwards too. We're now flat on bud where prior to uh, this, we were down a little bit on bud year to date. See, we were down 4.2 year to date end of March. And then, you know, bud light is still struggling, but we're turning it's flat. We call it flattening the curve is we're out of the pandemic <laughs> can bring an old pandemic, right? <laughs> right, Gary, an old pandemic. Well, I met my team leader who does all this data work, Mike, and I have to give Mike big props because he's my data guy and he manages all this stuff for me really well. Uh, he looks at me and says, well, we're flattening the curve on Bud Light. And this was like two weeks ago. And it's like great use of 
the pandemic term there. Something um, good has come from and the then pandemic. exactly. Yep. And then Bush Light is actually doing really good too. So um and this is another thing that you need to do. Like we did this exercise just today. Uh Bush Light on paper looks really tough, but when we looked through it account by account, opportunity by opportunity, there were about 400 cases of sales that we had through the on-premise channel last year that were one-off events through the John Deere relationship on Bushlight. So they're one-off things. They weren't going to be repeated this year anyways. Uh, so that's actually turned the, turned the corner in a really positive direction for our business as well. So it's exciting to see that the team has kind of consumed the problem and is has dealing with it as much as they can. And that hopefully through some of the stuff that we're doing in the market um, and the way that the, the trends are behaving and the way that Anisha Bush has stepped up to the plate to help with the MIRs is a big deal in my mind and is really working right now so far. Mm, that's great stuff because, you know, I think it, it also reminds me of sort of the, the, the pandemic itself, you know, it landed on everybody yeah. hard, but everybody adapted, right? You, you learn and you, yep. it sucks. It's, you don't want it, you don't want it to be happening and you don't want it to happen again. But if you kind of buckle down and you, and you get through it as we all did and you, and you have lessons learned from that time and kind of what you're articulating there is, Hey, this whole Bud Light thing sucks. Um, but let's attack it. Let's look at the data. Let's reformulate a game plan. Let's kind of learn from what we're we're seeing. And then there's tools, right? So VXP yeah. is a tool that you can use to kind of accelerate, you know, some of this data analysis and and target your opportunities and whatnot. So, um, how would you? I mean, I just just maybe speak to that a little bit, if you would, in terms of how might if a wholesaler is not using VXP right now, you know, how might they? sort of use that tool to identify some of the opportunities you're, you've, you've spoken about there? Yeah. So run some, run some data reports around like, where have you been able to aggressively protect your display space and integrate or interact with that rep around what they've done? I think best practice sharing is a great thing to do uh, internally with the team. Um, you know, aggressively look through how can you see where brands are negatively impacted and potentially where can you advocate and advise a rep to, if they don't have access to this information really quickly, Hey, this brand is suffering, but you could offer this brand instead for a display or for a feature and, or this package instead for display and feature, um, you know, VXP, the, the magic of it in my mind is that it's frictionless to access the data. So the reps can see all of this in real time. They don't have to have Mike run a report for them. They don't have to have, you know, come back to the office or sit on a laptop or, or have somebody else run a sales report or even go through the painstaking process of doing it on their own on an iPad or on a laptop at home. You know, we're, we're able to see it right on a phone and quickly see trends and then scale those trends. Because if you've got one or two stores that are seeing it, you can probably do it across four or five or six or eight relatively quickly. So the reps can kind of consume the information and see one-off opportunities and then duplicate it across over a group of route or a group of accounts that I call doing it at scale really quickly. So those are some quick ones. I don't know if that fully answers the question, right? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's good. It gives folks enough um, to kind of get started. I'm sure everybody's already gotten started and tried their own things, but these, this might provide some fresh inspiration or some ideas, uh, best practices that folks may not have tried. So yeah, where we're um, at right now is kind of in the anatomy 
of an apology. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but there's been a bunch of economic research around like, you know, we're both married, so we apologize a lot. That's kind of part of the game of being married. Um, But the economic side of it is apology, you know, stating that you did something wrong, recognizing what you did wrong and providing restitution if available. And, you know, brewers have kind of worked through the first two steps in this example, you know, Bud Light's kind of worked through the first couple steps in this example, definitely internally with wholesalers, you know, what happened happened. You can't really put the genie back in the bottle. And there's a lot of reasons why they didn't go out and publicly apologize. And I understand that um, to the consumers, but the last thing is like, how can you make reconciliation with the wholesalers or with the, with the consumers, those are the ones that matter. That's what that $15 MIR rebate is about. And when I read this research, it's all based on Uber and like Uber screws up a ride. You publish a negative review or you pub internally on their app, or you, you know, say you had a bad experience. They first state an apology in an email. Sorry, we screwed up. And then they did some really interesting A and B testing with a credit. So a five or 10 or $15 credit. And those, um, those, application user, those users that got a credit were like 60 or 70% or 80% more likely to reuse Uber again. Mm. So that's what we're trying to do with the MIR. That's why the MRI is, MIR is important. That's why, you know, makes sense to do it and why wholesalers need to have it out as many places as possible and use that, use that resource for the whole resource that was gifted to us or given to us to use in the market really quickly. Makes sense. So for folks listening that want to learn a little bit more about VXP, maybe check out a demo to see if it makes sense for them. Uh, how yeah. might they go about doing that? So you can hit me up at bud at vxptech.com. That's my email. We spell that vxptech.com. Um, or you're able to, you can also shoot my, um, you can also shoot me a text to, or give me a call on my cell phone, 269 317-5209. I love shooting the shit with wholesalers. So even if you just want to pick my brain on something, or if you want to try to poach Mike off my hands, if you try to do that, we'll maybe have a different conversation, but I can understand if you want to do that too, we can at least talk about all the great work he does. That's funny, but great stuff as always. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Beer Business Finance Podcast, where we combine beer with finance so that you can improve financial results in your beer distribution business. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, please visit beerbusinessfinance.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free weekly beer finance newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your beer business today.